Welcome to It Starts at Birth, a podcast dedicated to empowering women to have the birth that they choose through thoughtful conversations. My name is Faith Flat, and joining me on today's podcast is my husband, Mark Flat, and we're excited about the topic that we're going to discuss today. Over the last few episodes, we've been talking about different questions you can ask your OBGYN, and the last episode specifically was about removing the stigma of speaking out. Today, our podcast is all about questions that you can ask your midwife so that you feel in control of the birthing process. Our topic today, questions to ask your midwife, is primarily going to cover questions that if you know you're going to work with a midwife or you're really interested in working with a midwife, these questions are great to go in on the first visit and clarify and to get a good idea of who you're working with and also just to help you get really comfortable. These questions aren't so much designed um, for helping to decide if a midwife is right for you, although they certainly could help to make sure that the specific midwife you're working with is right for you. Um, But on future episodes, we will cover that topic of conversation, deciding between an OBGYN and a midwife if you're not sure which is right for you. One thing I want to clarify at the beginning of this episode for those of you who are maybe new to considering midwifery is the fact that midwifery-led care or midwife-led care is considered a safe option for all non-high-risk pregnancies all around the world. And that actually includes many of the reports that have come out even in the United States. And high-risk complications occur only in about 6 to 8% of all pregnancies. So you may know that you're automatically disqualified from really being a good candidate to work with a midwife already, but chances are your pregnancy might really qualify and fit in well with midwife-led care. We really appreciate you taking the time to join us for It Starts at Birth. We're excited about today's episode, so let's get right into it. Well, I just wanted to go ahead and um, take a minute to um, make a correction. Um, On the last episode, we used the wrong um, term a few times, and we just wanted to clear that up. But before we do... Um, I just wanted to recognize that this is something that Faith and I are both new to. Um, And just like if you've ever been skiing or snowboarding, um, you understand that if your goal is to never fall down, then you're never going to become very good at it. So we will make mistakes. I've, I've said that before in prior episodes. And we just need to clear up something that we did say that was wrong. Um, and, you know, that's that's fine. You know, if we make a mistake we're okay with that. We're willing to admit that we made a mistake and move forward. And that's what we want to start out. Um, Go ahead and explaining our mistake. Yeah. So on yesterday's episode, one of the things that we talked pretty in depth about is the MMR rate across the world in the United States. And one of the things that I referred to as the MMR rate we were currently discussing was the maternal morbidity rate when in fact I was referring to the maternal mortality rate. So the numbers that I presented yesterday were all referring to the maternal 
mortality rate and not the morbidity rate. So I just wanted to clear that up and um, also to let you know, again, that if you are interested in any of the numbers or reports that we quoted yesterday, you can check that in the summary area of our podcast and go read those articles for yourself. Yeah, with that said, um, like she mentioned, um, those um, studies are available. They're um, hyperlinked in the, um, the summary. Go ahead and take a look at those. Obviously, um, none of the data that we're talking about um, it changes it. It's just the, the word that we use was incorrect, and we need to clear that up before we move forward. But with that cleared up, Let's go ahead and move into questions to ask your midwife. So especially if this is your first time working with a midwife, it's important to make sure that you get yourself really comfortable with the specific person you're working with, but also just what it means to work with a midwife in general. And one of the best ways to do that, just as with reaching out to an OBGYN and making that first visit very much an interview process where you ask them questions. Doing the same with a midwife that you're meeting for the first time can really help ease you into the relationship and partnership that you're going to have over the next nine months or so. So a great question to start out with when you're meeting your midwife is, to ask them how many births that they've attended. And then a follow-up question that is good for that is, of these births, how many were you the primary or head midwife for? This question will really help give you confidence in their history. Um, The midwives that I've gotten the privilege to work with in the past have had many years of um, time delivering babies, and that gave me a lot of confidence throughout the journey, and as I did hit hiccups along the way, that they knew what to do, that they were experienced with women who had had similar situations in the past. This question will give you a lot of confidence in their history. You're going to hit a lot of hiccups throughout your pregnancy journey, and the birthing process. It's really important that you have confidence in who you're working with above all else. Um, For someone to be considered a midwife in your state, there's very likely a set of credentials and time period that they have been through, and you can look up online to see what those credentials were for them. But more importantly is to make sure you feel really great about the amount of time that they've had overall in their career, the number of births that they've seen, and the type of experiences that they've gone through. And that's what this podcast is all about. Not just this individual podcast, but the whole series, It Starts at Birth. This is about empowering people to make sure that they have um, the birthing process that they want, that they're in control of the process, by asking questions, by having conversations. Knowledge equals power. And understanding the perspective of your midwife is critical. Midwives are each individual and unique, and there's no way you can simply say, oh yes, the stereotype of midwives applies to all of them. So asking the right questions, putting yourself in a position where you are comfortable, 
is very critical so that you understand the type of care that you're going to get and who will be helping you through the process. This is what it's all about. This is why we're here talking with you because this is something that we've learned really through trial and error. And asking questions is a great way to learn who is going to be helping you and what their perspective is on the birthing process. And separate from any questions that you might plan to ask your midwife is also just, do you like the way they engage with you? What type of process do they take with you? Remember that you can say yes or no and move on, whether you're working with an OBGYN or a midwife. One experience I had in this pregnancy that I'm currently in, when I was reaching out to potential midwives, one of the midwives that I reached out to, rather than calling me back, texted me back. And so I sent her some text messages answering the questions, assuming that soon she would call me, but she persisted in just texting me and asking me very personal questions. For some moms, that would quite possibly be a really great route, and she might be the perfect midwife if you love texting. For me, that just didn't sit well with me, and I was wondering why she couldn't make the time to call me if she was going to go ahead and ask me personal questions. So it's all about finding the right fit for you. These questions and the questions you'll think of asking certainly help that process, but there's more to it than just asking questions. So question number one focuses just kind of on their history. How many births have you attended? But question number two that's given me a lot of confidence in working with the midwives that I've chosen is what is your emergency contingency plan? Because certainly if you refer back to what we discussed in our last episode where we talked about how it is much more common in the United States for women to birth at a hospital than it is for them to birth in the home or with a midwife. It's understandable that there are a lot of fears you might have about birthing with a midwife. And if something goes wrong, what would happen? How would everything uh, transpire? So in asking what's your emergency contingency plan, you'll get a really good idea of what process the midwife would take and hopefully get a lot of comfort and confidence in understanding what type of things they have up their sleeves to make sure that everything goes okay in case of an emergency. Now, this is um, a question that we've asked all the midwives that we've talked to, and understanding what they consider an emergency and what they do in the case of emergency really gives you insight into how they see the birthing process taking place and how often they've had to use this emergency contingency plan. Having a relationship with a hospital and um, an established connection is something that many midwives have, and they will tell you up front if they do. Um, we haven't actually talked to one who doesn't have one, but we do understand that there are some states where midwifery is looked down upon and even potentially illegal. So this question will really help you understand where your midwife stands. And that, once again, that knowledge is power. Yeah, a lot of midwives do have relationships with hospitals and OBGYNs. And knowing that they have that relationship 
really can help you feel great in the case of an emergency. Um, you know, sometimes not everything goes according to your A plan, and you want to mentally prepare yourself and kind of have an idea of the process that your midwife would take you through if that's the case. And a really good follow-up question as well to this question number two of what is your emergency contingency plan is if you do have to go through with that contingency plan and perhaps be transported to a hospital in case of emergency to give birth or whatever the situation may be, verifying that your midwife will be able to stay with you. One thing right now that's happening a lot because of COVID is midwives aren't able to stay with the mothers. So that's something you're going to want to be able to be aware of so that you can plan yourself mentally for. But often when midwives have relationships with hospitals, that type of um, pass can be given to the midwife. So just getting an idea of the scope of the process that will take place in an emergency is a great place to start off the conversation with your midwife. So now let's take a look at question number three. What type of birthing locations are options to me if I work with you? Um, Traditionally, we think with midwives that they birth at home, and that is very common. Um, But some do not birth in the home. So that's one thing you want to clarify. What type of birth were you looking for with your midwife, and where can they birth you. Um, But often midwives are also able to birth you at a birthing center or also at a hospital. So there are a variety of options available to you if you're choosing to work with a midwife. Making yourself aware of those options and the benefits of each option can help you make the perfect choice for you. Now, like we've said in prior episodes, not everybody will choose to have to use a midwife for the birthing process, and that's fine. Um, One of the reasons that we talk so positively about midwives is because in the end, they really helped us understand what our rights were and what um, maybe went wrong or what was outside of um, Faith's control in her first birth and what they could help us through, once again, empowering us through knowledge to have the birth that she chose. And when we understood that there are options and that she could be in control, that was something that was eye-opening. And that's something that midwives really specialize in. One of the options that we discussed very briefly in a prior episode was the option of a hot tub birth. And that was something that we had strongly considered. Um, But because our second daughter came so quickly... Um, we weren't in a position to do that at the birthing center. So understanding, you know, the different potential options and the benefits of each one and understanding what the midwife is set up and prepared to accommodate you with is a critical step in this process. And that is another feature, certainly, of where you end up giving birth. Um, A birthing center might have something more like a hot tub. Uh, Certain hospitals even have hot tubs. But even if you're birthing at home, um, there are often uh, little kind of blow-up pools you can 
purchase or even sometimes borrow from the midwife, uh, depending on what she has available. So you really can kind of customize the location that you pick if you know what you're going for. Um, Question number four is something that I would not have known to ask even when working with my first midwife about a decade ago. And that question is, what restrictions does the state place on you when it comes to my care? Now, the reason that I wouldn't have known to ask my midwife that question is because I was a resident of the state of Oklahoma at that time. And the state of Oklahoma actually has no restrictions on midwives. It's one of the great benefits of that state is that it has very little regulation on midwives, and so they have a lot of freedom to really do what's right for the mothers. But currently, I live in the state of New Hampshire, and there are some certain restrictions placed on um, midwives about what time frame they are able to give birth in um, or to assist in the birth of the mother and some other rules and regulations as well. For instance, um, I believe what my midwife told me is if as I approach my due date, my blood pressure uh, ranks high twice in a row, then she can't um, birth me without first sending me to an OBGYN to try and get that under control. So just different things like that. It's good for you to be aware of so that you know and are prepared as you enter that ninth month and things are getting a little bit more stressful. What types of things may be restricting to you because of where you live. But there are also some great things that some states allow midwives to do that can really be beneficial to the mother and the infant as well. Uh, For instance, one of the things that midwives in the state of New Hampshire are able to do is they're able to administer oxygen for fetal distress and infant resuscitation. So one of the things that we'll include in the summary of today's call is a link where you can look up state by state what restrictions are placed on midwives. So you can take a look for yourself and kind of read through that. And some of the information may make you feel better. Some may make you feel worse. uh, But we'll just post the information there so that you kind of have a strong sense of what's going to take place in your state. But asking your midwife, of course, is a great idea because they're going to be the most knowledgeable on that subject. You know, these are great questions to make sure that you're in control of the birthing process. And like we said in prior episodes, these are questions that you want to start asking right away. If you wait until um, you're close to your due date to begin asking these questions or even in labor, then at that point, in many cases, you're going to be out of control of the circumstances. Understanding what um, can potentially change the circumstances, that'll just give you a good idea of how to build out your birthing plan and understanding that there may be you know, need for a contingency plan and what that could look like. In the end, that's all just a puzzle piece in understanding you know, that your goal is to be in control and knowledge is power. There will be times when you're out of control, but if you're aware of what those circumstances are in advance, you're going to feel even in control when the circumstances have taken over. 
And in terms of being in control, uh, one thing I did also want to reference is the restrictions that are placed on midwife care in Alabama. Those restrictions really remove the control from mothers and midwives. And I just wanted to give um, a little shout out to the state of Alabama and highlight some of the oppression that's taking place there as far as restrictions on midwives, because that's one of the purposes of this podcast. We really want to highlight the oppression that starts at birth. So the state of Alabama has really harsh restrictions, um, and in fact, we're effectively able to make midwifery illegal and something that people really couldn't practice for several decades. Um, But on January 18th of 2019, five midwives were given their CPM. But before that happened, 1976 was the last time that the state had given out a license to a midwife. So that was just a way that lawmakers could go around um, not actually sounding like they were taking away the rights of women because you were legally allowed to birth at home, but it was illegal for a midwife who wasn't certified in the state to attend the birth. So now they're trying to hopefully take some steps to correct the problem, but they're not doing it very quickly. And this is something that should quickly be addressed because as we referenced in our last episode, uh, the World Health Organization certainly sees correlation between midwifery-led care and the maternal mortality rate um, in location to location. And Alabama actually has a terrifying MMR rate. It's actually 36.4 out of every 100,000 births. That's more than two times the national average. So the fact that the state of Alabama made midwifery effectively illegal for so many decades is a problem that quickly needs to be rectified And there certainly must be correlation between that statistic and the fact that midwives haven't been able to practice freely there for so long. Absolutely. And like we say in prior episodes, oppression anywhere affects us all. And we need to address it. You may not live in Alabama, but it's up to us to stand with the women of Alabama because we are all in this fight together. We do not believe that there is a singular option that is right. But any time that that options are taken away, we believe that that is wrong. And when you can look at the um, horrifying um, maternal mortality rate in Alabama and understand that that is absolutely um, caused by the refusal to, you know, to license midwives, um, that should be shocking. And that should cause us all, no matter which side of the debate you stand on, to say that's not right. And we need to look at ways to address that. We need to find ways to empower women to make the choices that they want. When you see a number like that, it's hard not to come to the conclusion that you know, removing uh, women's rights in Alabama was not intentional. 
it's very easy to look at it and say that that was a conscious decision that policymakers in the state um, chose to pursue. And after, you know, multiple decades of this going on, now we have enough data to look back and see how it has affected people. And that should be something that gives us all pause. And we should all look at it and say, that may not be my state, but it could be your state next. So unless things are moving in the right direction, there's a good chance they're moving in the wrong direction. And in terms of moving in the right direction or the wrong direction, uh, one additional thing I wanted to mention about the maternal mortality rate in the United States is that the U.S. is only one of three countries where the maternal mortality rate is on the rise. And the other two countries that we rank with in that category are Sudan and Afghanistan. So given the way that women are treated in those countries, I think that it is completely appropriate for us to demand that we be given better. And if we see that our sisters in certain states are oppressed more than others, it's certainly a time for us to stand up and say that we should have greater rights everywhere, especially when it comes to this. But no one's going to be more knowledgeable on this topic than your midwife. So get an idea from them of what is legal inside of your state for them to do and not to do. Chances are there are some restrictions on them. So get an idea of how they handle those restrictions and what that's going to mean for you. Now, we actually have several more questions that are great to ask your midwife before you decide on your care provider or which midwife you're going to go with for the full nine months. But we're going to go ahead and split this into two episodes so that we have a little bit more time to talk in depth about the upcoming questions. The questions certainly are important because they can help you to feel comfortable confident in your decision and also I think really importantly especially because we are here in the United States um, or if you are in the United States uh, it's important to ask these questions because very likely you're getting some pressure from family and friends who don't necessarily feel comfortable with your decision to go with a midwife so having a few of these answers in your pocket and doing your research on who you choose can really help you to give peace of mind to your family as well. Well, we really appreciate you taking the time to join us for part one of questions to ask your midwife. We're really looking forward to coming back tomorrow and getting to part two. Um, This is something that we're very passionate about, clearly. We're obviously very new to this, so we're getting better. Our goal is to improve every single day. Um, We understand that right now we have a long way to go, but if we come back and we continue to do this on a daily basis, then we understand that we will get better. So thank you for sticking with us while we're just getting started. In the end, our goal is to share with you a number of the experiences and questions that we have. Um, In the end, um, it's gonna be up to you to come up with your own birthing plan, and we just want you to feel empowered. That's what this is all about. So thank you for joining us for It Starts at Birth. My name is Mark. And my name is Faith, and you just heard 
part one of questions to ask your midwife. Join us tomorrow for part two.